Amen. You may be seated. I wonder if I could borrow your chair. Go ahead. Well, yes. Well, that's okay. First of all, I've got a, I'm going to be taking a couple of minutes. That's the reason I asked for this chair. I'm not used to sitting in it this way, but I, I will because I don't want to fall over from above or below either. I noticed we had a, a few comments from our early morning Sunday school class, and it was well received, and we thank the Lord for that, and we thank the Lord for the things that have been accomplished this week in our uh, government. And I would like to share with you a statement that is official from our church, and it wasn't written this week. It was written several years ago, as a matter of fact. And I thank the Lord that, that the government is beginning to catch up. Please notice how I said that, beginning to catch up. Notice, uh, and that's not Heinz ketchup or Hans either. Uh, or Here we go. We have a statement in our Constitution and Assembly that is entitled Marriage and Family. And here is, I'm quoting, The Church of God of Prophecy affirms the biblical teaching that marriage is sacred and should not be entered into lightly without proper preparation. Now, after 62 years, my wife and I are just a little bit late for the preparation, but we've, we've worked on the other things. Marriage was originally instituted by God as a properly recognized covenant relationship between one man and one woman for life. The church affirms the biblical family as a father and mother in wedlock who may procreate children. The church further asserts that the home, including the extended family, is to be guided by love, discipline, and other nurturing aspects as taught in God's Word as taught in God's Word. Because the church is committed to the sanctity of marriage and human life, we diligently stand against abortion, incest, abuse, euthanasia, adultery, divorce, homosexuality, Lesbianism, which we believe are contrary to God's original design as expressed in His Word. All biblically unlawful unions, such as same-sex, incestuous, or polygamous marriages, are renounced by the church, even if they are recognized as legal by civil governments. As a pastor and minister 
in the Church of God a prophecy for 64 years, give or take a few days. I have been very aware of where our church stands in regards to the actions not only of this week, but of the actions that have not taken place yet, but is biblically sound. And I applaud not only what happened this week, but I applaud what God has done. For God is good. And all the time. Praise God, praise God. Brother Harold. And I yield the chair to my wife. You'll get it later. Okay. Well, good morning. Just a couple. Uh, announcements again remember Wednesday night 7 o'clock the I am Bible study will continue last week you got through 11 pages so we'll see what you can do this week uh oh already up to 7 so yeah come uh, Wednesday night for that 7 p.m. and then uh, do continue to remember uh, international assemblies uh, 20th through the 24th Uh, in Oklahoma City. If you're interested in that, there's some information in the bulletin. And then uh, we'll probably have a bigger announcement next week and a sign-up sheet coming for the backpack event, but that will be July 30th, Saturday. And uh, we're thinking morning, so probably going to make a little change there and uh, run it a little earlier in case it's super hot or anything. might be a little better. Try something different, maybe some breakfast food. But we'll uh, have some details on that and a sign-up sheet starting uh, next Sunday. So... I think that's it for announcements. If you want to stand, we'll begin this morning. Time of prayer. If anyone wants to make any prayer requests known. Molly? Lance, okay, let's remember Lance. Is there another one? Nothing else? Unspoken requests? You can raise our hands. God knows each one. God, pray for the church service this morning as well. God, we come to you at this time, Lord. Just uh, God, thanking you again, Lord. And, um, Almighty God, this morning, God, and uh, in the name of our Lord and guiding and directing each one, Lord, I thank you, Lord, Lance, God, that you're able to be with him, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do. Strengthen him, God. I thank you, Lord, today, because you indeed are God. Oh Lord, we love you, Lord, God. We thank you for the abundance of your love to us. Be present with we bless your name, God, Lord. His we bless your name. Just ask him that you Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all that you've done. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're loving you. And we're thanking you, Lord, for all that you've done. 
Thanks for joining us. Lord, you know the call of around this world. And, oh, Lord, we just ask that you bless and help us each better. God, we want you to have your way. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever and ever. Thank you, Lord. Whatever the case may be, though, you can be with them, watching over them, God. Just help provide in your name. Praise God. Pray all these things here today, God. Amen. Amen. Could have a couple ushers come up. uh, Where are we at? Fourth Sunday? Fourth Sunday? Church expense. All right. (laughs) Look at April back there playing tricks on me. (laughs) And then she's smiling and laughing about it. Fourth Sunday, it's expense offering, so it'll go towards church expense. If you need to mark it on a check or on an envelope, it'll go to whatever you put on there. Let's pray again. God, we thank you again, Lord, for this opportunity to give here today, Lord, and just ask that you'll be with the finances in the church, God, that it'll be um, used as you want it to be, God, that you will continue to bless and minister and to uh, use the church, God, as you want to, God, and that we can be in your will. We just... Thank you for uh, this time, Lord, and for uh, these finances, God. And we just ask that you'll bless it in your name. Amen.
the Lord. I believe a song that we sing from time to time that has words in, in it. What a day, what a day that will be. And I thank the Lord this morning that as children of God, we have the hope, the promise of a day that is going to come that Jesus Preachers won't have to be helped up on the stage without danger of falling on their face. I don't know, but it might help their face if they did, but nevertheless, uh, that is the way it is. Thank the Lord. I thank the Lord for the singing this morning. I think this church has some of the most beautiful singing and worship that I've ever been in, and all my years, and I've, I'm so blessed and gratified by it. Thank the Lord. In preparing for this week, I did not know for sure that at my age I should be plagued with such a struggle to preach a sermon, to find scriptures, to make an outline. And uh, so I came to the conclusion, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm going to say, y'all can go home. And then, then real quickly add, I'm kidding. However, this sermon today is one that you perhaps, perhaps I've even used the verses before. I doubt very seriously in Ten and a half years I've used different verses every Sunday I've been up here. And uh, most preachers could never would never say that either. But the Apostle Paul, his words in Philippians chapter 3, is where I am going to be reading today, verses 12 through 21. And you see the subject, be Becoming focused. That is the title that I felt led to put with these scriptures. Becoming focused. And I think there is a lot of things in life that the thought, intent, the destination of being focused applies to. And in fact... Uh, I've seen a picture recently of where this particular highway went up the mountain and it went almost with 90 degree curves 10 times before it reached the top. And I thought to myself, you really got to be focused if you're going to drive that highway. And I thought to myself, in addition to that, I don't think I'll go there. It takes too much to be focused to drive on a road like that. As a matter of fact, it was a, you that were uh, going to the assembly back before the 1970s, remember around Chattanooga, Tennessee, that curvy 
road that you drove, and uh, I, uh, I am so glad that they got that straightened out. There's a lot of roads that have been treacherous. We've had some right here in Missouri itself. In fact, where my wife and I lived, the first of, of the first year of our 12 years or 11 years of I, 12 years, I guess, of being overseer and wife in the state of Missouri as well as Kansas, we lived at Van Buren, and there was a bridge that was there that uh, you had to have a focus uh, to uh, uh, drive across that. In fact, there, there was a few down in that country. I believe there was one across Jack Forks River that was like that as well. You had to have a focus. And I remember being woke up a few times, and the only year I lived in Van Buren as we moved the state parsonage to Springfield, that uh, I was woke up by trucks crashing into the barrier, side barriers of that particular uh, bridge. Well, you don't have to focus so much now uh, because they put a new bridge there. But focusing is applicable to many things in life. And the Apostle Paul uh, mentioned uh, some things in the third chapter of this letter that he wrote to the church at Philippi. And I wonder if you'd bring me my water. This is going to be a dry mouth day. I can sense that already. And I mean, thank you very much. You can take a drink after I get through, if you wish. I'm just going to take you out open because I think I'll be going by. Let's look at the scripture. Not as though I had already obtained, neither were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Now, that's, a, that's typical King James interpretation into the Greek, into the English from original uh, Hebrew. Notice how it's word again. Not as though I had already obtained either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended for Christ Jesus. Well, when you boil that all down, it says, I want you to know it doesn't matter where I've been, it's what I'm at now. (laughs) Basically, that's what the Scripture is saying. And it's reinforced in the next verse, it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. This is a beautiful way to say what the Apostle Paul is talking about in being focused. And it's such wonderful advice that he is giving. Forgetting those things which are 
behind. It seems like to me that many times the obstacle, the obstacle of going forward is because we remember what is behind. That is not totally bad. Because sometimes the things that happened aforetime in the past are things that can be good lessons for us as we go forward. But notice the scripture again. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Just a, really a simple lesson in just being logical right here. You can't go forward if you're looking backwards. As a matter of fact, Jesus was one that used the words uh, in Luke, perhaps it was Mark, that said, no man is fit for the kingdom of God who puts his hands upon the plow and looks back. Now, I would love to tell you the story of the time that my dad, as a boy, came home after being all out on an all-night drunk, and his dad, my grandfather, put him on a plow, and how it did not turn out, and my dad had a warm pair of jeans on, and they, according to my dad, they glowed. But nevertheless, we can't go forward if we're holding on to whatever the back is, the behind is, the aforementioned things that have already happened. To reach forward, we have to reach forward. Forward. So the apostle he said and described in verse 14, he said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I, I wonder sometimes if we even begin to think about what the prize would be. Over the years, uh, in going to church conventions, you're... Your state here, Missouri, and the states I've been in as well as Missouri, we, we gave prizes over the years to churches that attained so much increase in membership. I, I remember being in churches, conventions, in areas where the pastor, if he visited so many homes, he got a new suit of clothes. And I... Uh, have been around many a minister talking about, well, I did this and I did that. I think I'll be eligible for the $50 award this year, that type of thing. And sometimes I think we have, that some have missed the mark for what the prize is really all about. Paul described it so well. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
I don't know how to describe what that prize is other than the one at the end of this life. And I do not know what it is to reach and obtain something from God that we never have had before. I'm going to explain what I mean when I say that. I've been blessed to obtain many levels of man's success in this life as a minister. But I do not know that I've ever reached a place that I did not know, hey, it really wasn't me. It was what God had for me and what he was doing. And yes, tomorrow we had to put our shoes on the same way, had to comb our hair, had to do this and do that and get ready for another day or press for the mark of doing more for the Lord Jesus Christ. One might say, you never get there. And there could be a degree of truth to that, I think, that you don't ever get there. It's always an uphill climb, so to speak. Uh, as a matter, of fact, a matter of fact, when Paul was talking to the church at Corinth, writing to them, he told us to draw nigh to the Lord. Draw nigh to the Lord as he will draw nigh to us. Come and get closer. And here, in talking to the church at Philippi, he says you've you got to press. In other words, you should never, never lose your focus. I, I think about the joy that so many have expressed, and, and rightfully so, over the Supreme Court ruling this week. Uh, but to be a wet blanket, it is a shame that we got that way in the first place. Uh, on the other hand, uh, to get it straightened out to the degree that it's been straightened out, we thank the Lord for that. And we thank the Lord for those that press toward the mark. And spiritually speaking, I thank the Lord for those that have never gave up in the fructitious nature that we must work to obtain what the Lord wants us to have, not only for our families, for our community, for our churches, for our church as a whole. And so Paul, he kind of said, wait a minute, I want you to be this way. He said, let us therefore as many as be perfect. That is trying. That is trying to attain. I want you to have this way of thinking. If you're going to be any other way in thinking, he says, otherwise minded, God shall reveal this unto you. But he's talking about being focused, you see, because there's not going to be ten directions going at the same time. Only going to be one direction in the Lord going and thus minded, he said. He said, now, let's not forget where we came from. 
He didn't say forgetting those things which are behind at this point. Let's just not go back to where we were at. So he says, let us not go back to uh, yesterday, to last week, last year. But he says, let's press toward the mark, verse 15, 16 rather. Let us walk by the same rule. By the way, that isn't a yardstick, so to speak. That is the Word of God. And that is the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, guiding us as we go forward, as we press toward the mark. Oh, Lord, help us to know that we don't walk by yardstick, by inches, by feet, by weeks and months, but we walk by the guiding of the Lord, walking by the same Spirit. It has been amazing to me over the years how that when God blesses somebody somewhere else, in order for another place that is being spiritually downward, spiral type living, that they wonder why in the world they can't do the same thing. But then I notice when they get to the place that they realize that they're not walking as they need to, they can get a hold of God, and God will give them a spiritual impetus to guide them, to direct them. How we need that, and Paul described it in this fashion. He said, be followers together of me. Paul is talking about himself. Mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. I I don't want to scare anyone. I don't want anyone to get conceited over this either. But we are to be in a focus in the Lord, with the Lord, for the Lord, that we can say what he just said. Hey, come with me. I love the Lord and I want to pray. I want to fast. I want to be an example of anything and everything that I do for the Lord. Look at me. Wow, that's heavy. That that is saying a lot. We don't need to be asking the question, I don't know what's wrong, don't understand it, and we do. But let's begin at home. Let's begin where we're walking. Let's begin with the fact, can we say, look at me. Paul said, I want to be an example. He described it in this fashion, verse 18. He said, many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross. I feel that scripture so heavy in my life. My son and his wife from Springfield were with us yesterday. And they were, and I were talking about the, how long we had been in the ministry. And 
about the things that have occurred down through the years of living for the Lord and working for the Lord. And my daughter-in-law spoke up. She says, Dad, you have been so lucky to have done all the things that you've done. And my son spoke up very quickly. He says, it's not luck. It's what he's had a relationship in the Lord and what it was all about. And then I thought of the scripture that I had here today. And more I really thought of it this morning early. That there have been many people that have started out when I started out in the ministry. My wife and I together have been serving the Lord about the same amount of time. Since she likes to point out I'm older, I've been serving the Lord a little bit longer than she has. But she's been right there with me. And I think of all the good friends that we've had. I think of those that have not been able to make the journey physically. I think of those that have fallen off the wagon, spiritually speaking, and have been lost and lost out to the Lord and died in those circumstances. They became enemies of the cross. Oh, God, help them. And God, help us as we can. We're not finished the route yet. We still got a ways to go. We do not want to falter. We do not want to fail. We want to remain focused in what we do for the cause of Christ and the ministry of the church. Paul understood this about some of those folks. He said, many of whom I have told you. He said, oh, he says, I hurt for them. He says, they're now they're enemies of the cross. Indeed, their end is destruction, verse 18. God is their belly. In other words, they have went the way of carnal thinking and carnal living, carnal pursuits and carnal ways of doing things. Their glory is their shame and they mind only earthly things. But Paul said something about our focus. Oh my goodness, folks. If you ever remember anything, remember what Paul said here in verses 20 and 21. He said, for our conversation is in heaven. For whence we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I have long pointed out that the word conversation is not the same as in English. Uh, Greek to English, it has another meaning altogether. In the English, the word conversation is your talking. 
However, from the Greek, the word conversation very simply means if you boil it down to two words, your lifestyle, your actions, the way you carry on, the way you think, it pertains to not only your words, but to everything that you are and everything you do. So really, it really fits under the scripture if you look at it the way Paul was talking about it as he used the Greek language. He said, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I have often said, when I have encountered people who was really alien to the way of living for the Lord, didn't know how to pray, or didn't understand how certain things worked in being connected to the Lord. And I have described it somewhat like this many, many times over the years. I said, just act like you're in a conversation with the Lord. Just act like you're in conversation with the Lord. Call him up on the phone, sit down, write notes, whatever. Just talk to the Lord. And Paul described that conversation that you might be having. He said it's in heaven. The place where we look for where Jesus is, he's there. He understands every pain. Oh, he understands every thought. He is our Savior. And that's why Paul describes him as that we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what he says by being focused, by being sincere with that conversation. This is what he says, that he'll change this carnal body, this vile body, this decayable body, and that it will be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he may be able to even subdue all things to himself, unto himself, being focused, putting ourselves under the guidance of the Lord, putting ourselves in his footsteps, putting ourselves not as man would have us to be, but putting ourselves where the Lord would have us to be. Oh, thank God. Thank God that we can be men and women male and female, that we can be those type of people that can live and walk knowing, not caring, but happy that our conversation is in heaven. He's going to take care of these bodies that went to the surgeon two or three times this week or or went to uh, a hospital for various reasons or went to physical therapy. He's going to take care of these bodies. He understands all about them. These bodies that are vile, Greek word, 
meaning decayable. These bodies are going to be a glorified body at the end of this life. Oh, thank the Lord forevermore. As I come to the close of this sermon, I have decided that I was going to make an announcement that has been 10 to 11 years in the making. Ever since my wife and I said yes to Brother Bishop Wayne Pence, would you be interested in, and we said yes, before we understood the question of coming and being the pastor. This has been some of the greatest years that we have ever experienced in the ministry. We do not plan on retiring. We do not plan on stopping our pastoral ministry here until we get to the end of September. But I felt important to share that with you today. We are not quitting as a If I know my mind, I will never quit. It's okay if you want to retire, but it's not okay if I retire. I don't believe in it. It's unacceptable to me. I will always, since October 28, 1956, I will be a preacher to my last breath. I will never quit. I realize that I have been stumbling so much as what a pastor should be and I would want a pastor to be. In fact, I require them myself. But physically, I'm not able to function as I need to. And I feel so bad about that. But I am so grateful that I have been able to last to this day hopefully last to the last Sunday through September, in which two-thirds of you won't be here that day. You'll be celebrating ladies' retreat. I've already looked at the calendar, and I thought I should perhaps uh, do my final sermon in Branson, but uh, I won't. I'll do it here. However, if you stop the retreat, it'll be online, uh, I think. Today... It's not a sad day for me, but it's a joyous day. Eighty-one years of age, nearly 65 years as a credential minister, but I've accomplished nothing except what the Lord has arranged. And I have not done anything successful But if there's been anything successful, it's been the Lord. I have not made a lasting mark on anything or anyone. And if someone thinks I have, blame it on the Lord, because he was the reason. I was a little hillbilly boy at the age of nine whose parents moved out of rural hillbilly Tennessee, place called Como, not on the map, most maps, it's on some, 
I picked cotton as a little boy. I remember one day getting 50 cents for a bag of cotton that wasn't worth 10 cents probably. And I remember coming into the north, Joliet, Illinois, and there I became members of a gang, bad boys. But I remember also one night, October 1956, that I went to church and I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I remember just a few days later, perhaps before the month of November or Thanksgiving had arrived on the scene, I felt the call of God and had preached my first sermon in December of 1956. I'm sure the sermon never lasted more than 10 minutes, and I'm sure I probably had 50 scriptures because I was so prepared. I thank God for the journey. It's not over. It's not over. In fact, I, I hope to continue, as I have shared with the overseer, I would love to be considered a minister emeritus. I still want to be available for a sermon from time to time, a Bible study from time to time, a wedding from time to time. There's a few dudes I'd like to see get married. If I had to go through it, they should go through it too. A few funerals that perhaps be a part of, but never to be the pastor of again as such, because physically I'm not able, but I want to be able to journey. I want to be able to do that which I'm supposed to do in the Lord. So it is with my wife's understanding an agreement that I make this announcement to you today. The announcement has already been made to the overseer about a month ago. Everything will be in his hands and the hands of the Lord. I don't plan on moving. I've got a bed that I never make up anymore, so it's always ready for me. In fact, occasionally my wife says we have to wash the sheets and that goes against my grain. But anyway, I don't plan on moving as such. But I tell you what I plan on doing is continuing to stay focused in the Lord and finish this journey here, finish it in the Holy Ghost fire that I believe in and to at the end of this life, when the traveling days on the interstate are over, to hear the Lord say, 
Well done. Now good and faithful service. Stand. And we applaud the Lord together. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the blessings that you have bestowed upon us all. And Lord, as we continue, not only in the next few weeks, but Lord, as we continue in you, this church, to be a soul-saving beacon of light for children of God everywhere. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.